Just a note before we start tonight's podcast, uh, Ben called in and there were some times where his mic did cut out and uh, I did my best to clean up the audio, but there may be some points where we lose just a word here or there. So don't fret. It is not your device that you're listening on. It is the original recording. And now the podcast. Welcome back to the NFFL Podcast. I am your dashingly handsome host, Dr. Richard Headley. Joined this week by someone who looks even better in uniform than myself. (laughs) And this week we will keep you safe from the very bad, very scary, and at times very... Drunk NFL. All right. Tonight, well, this week, yes, I record Tuesday nights. I would like to welcome Lieutenant Commander Benjamin Hoadley to the podcast. Welcome, Ben. Why, thank you, Dr. Hedley. Uh, always a pleasure to be on the show with you. And, and while you may be dashing and handsome, I'm angry and tired. So... <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll just balance each other out tonight. Well, maybe let's let's try that. So uh, let's let's test that. How uh, how about that Sunday night football game? I tell you, I have never. Uh, it's it was a shit show, um, <laughs> in my own opinion, and and not for really the reason it was. The game was just awful on so many levels, just a pure football perspective, in my opinion. But what really upset me was just. Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico just blathering, slobbering, admiring, constantly talking about Lamar Jackson and his athletic prowess. Meanwhile, the dude is throwing a pick every other play, and he still gets player of the game. (laughs) Uh, I think that is mind-blowing. I don't know how they live with themselves. I don't know who behind them is standing there telling them what they have to say, but it was just so over-the-top ridiculous, and uh, just for Mar Jackson to get played the game with four picks, I don't know what's happening in NFL, and, that, and that's going to be a continued thing through the night for me, Ed, is just looking at the bizarreness of what we've experienced this past week and, and just adding it on top to all the other ridiculousness that we've witnessed this season. It was the type of, of effusive praise that they normally reserve for Tom Brady on his worst nights. That's a really good word. Effusive. Effusive. How do you say that word? Effusive. That's a, that's a, that's a $10 that's a word. word. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to remember that one. Yeah. Well, it was a close week. Uh, only two games this week were decided by double digits, and even, even those were not huge point differentials. And before we get into any uh, any real interactions... Random fun fact of the week for you. Derrick Henry has not played since week eight, and he is still the number four running back on the season. There's a chance he could still finish the season in the top five. There's your random fun fact for the week. <laughs> is that fun or depressing? Um, it's They're not mutually exclusive. It can be both. <laughs> <laughs> Especially considering, if I remember right, his first week or two were not all that stellar either. So... He did that in about five, six weeks because his last week wasn't stellar because he broke his foot during the game. This is the penultimate week coming up uh, for four teams. This is the next to last game of their season. 
So uh, let's get ourselves primed for a little bit of playoffs and uh, a little bit of the drive to the playoffs. Another fun fact, there's actually like four different engines in that uh, little sound bite. I like that. That's new. Yeah. Now, there are there were three more of the eight playoff spots locked up this week. We had uh, Flutie Flakes, Night Shift, and Jim Kelly Hates Cancer all joining King Lance Man Love. And so currently our playoff field as of week entering week 12, Lance Man Love sitting at the first seed. Flutie Flakes in second seed, Night Shift in third seed, and Jim Kelly Hates Cancer in the fourth seed. So we still got four, and I was talking with Connor uh, this morning, and it's uh, we were both commenting, this may be the most competitive last few weeks of the season we can remember in a while. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, there is just a lot of ways that this could play out uh, moving forward, and, and I'll say some of my comments as we've been to recaps and, and yeah great to have four four teams not surprising teams four best teams in the, in the league that have kind of stayed at the top um and the rest of us are just we've got some really fun scenarios um that could possibly play out or everybody could just go out with a winner either way <laughs> it could happen oh yes well let's take a look at some of those fun scenarios with our uh check-in on the pierce You're a loser. Loser. Last week, uh, I looked at the top two contenders and a dark horse. And this week, because of the way things panned out, y'all just shot that whole idea to shit. (laughs) Because looking at the projections, there is a very real possibility that five of you are up for winning the Pierce. (laughs) Ben and I are very briefly going to just break down all five of you that are up for the Pierce. So uh, two games left in the season. A lot can go right or wrong. Let's start with uh, probably the odds on favorite Ninja Panthers. Oh, yeah. I got dogs upstairs. Can't edit them out. Ninja Panthers. uh, At best, from my perspective, they probably split their remaining games and finish four and ten. Uh, ben, anything to add? Think they're the odds on favorite? I, I do, but uh, I'm interested in your thought about you think who, which game is Ninja Panther going to win? Is it going to be week 14 against Lance Panlove or this upcoming week? Uh, or am I getting ahead of myself? Without giving too much away, it's probably probably not Lance. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember 100%, but... Like I said, at best, they split the remaining two games. It's also possible they drop them. Yeah, I actually see Ninja Panthers dropping, dropping both games. After Ninja Panthers, the team with the, the greatest odds in my book would be Roster Guard 99. And I'll talk a little bit more about them and uh, chastise them a little bit more later on. 
Uh, but the odds in my book are pretty good that they drop their remaining two games and finish out at five and nine. I agree. If for no other reason than that would like, I think midway point, I called them out and said they would lose six of their last seven. Maybe somewhat selfishly. Just <laughs> <laughs> Awful waffles are probably neck and neck with roster guard as far as odds. There's a good chance they split the remaining two games and finish five and nine uh, without a second stud running back. There's an equally good chance they drop both and finish with a four and ten record, which put them right there with Ninja Panthers if Ninja Panthers manages to split there. So yeah, I think this week's the the key for them. I, I think this is this week is is, is going to tell us what's going to happen depending on their result this week. But uh, yeah, I think they split the next two games. The other two, uh, just very briefly, Gridiron Mafia, very real possibility that they could drop both, finish at five and nine. And Hater Tech, they're the new hotness. You know, they're on a nice streak. They surprised a lot of people this week. You know, As much as there's a real chance they could squeak into the playoffs if they managed to run the table, there's also a very real chance they could drop these two weeks and still manage to get the Pierce. I see them both both teams losing both the games the rest of the season. All right. Well, this week will be key for a, a lot of these teams, uh, so we'll keep an eye on that, and who knows? We may know our Can Pierce. Can I add a dark horse? Oh, yes. Myself. Diamond Dogs. Ah. <laughs> It's true. Mathematically, you are not out of that race. Right. And I think that's where some of those exciting scenarios come in. It's like if, if teams can surprise one another and, and at the behest of what the NFL product is these days, I definitely mean the math is right there. I'm seeing it. You know, if Joe can lose two games. I can lose two games. It's right there. And not really upset about it. I put myself in that, that position. I think this week will be key. I would agree. Yes. There's your dark horse. So that is the Pierce possibilities. Uh, you know, five teams, six teams, all vying for that ignoble honor. And uh, who knows? We might have that uh, that distinction to dole out this week. But now we move on to looking back at week 11 at our interconference week. Let's do it. Our film room review. And for those of you that can't see, Ben is dancing without pants on. And a shirt. He is completely naked except for the leopard print G-string. That's correct. All right. This was an interconference week, which means every matchup is Telnet versus Sparsy. And we're going to start with Hater Tech taking on Awful Waffles. I had Awful Waffles winning this one, and I was very wrong. 155.84 to 148.63. Hater Tech took it by just over seven points. Yeah. <laughs> I did not see that one coming. Uh, a couple of studs, uh, I'll point out. Miles Gaskin had a, a nice day. Two touchdowns on the ground and just over 18 points. He's had uh, had an up and down season, uh, but managed to, for the first time this season, stream together two solid weeks of production. And also a nice stud from this game, Odell Beckham Jr. in... Uh, 
his uh, first real full game action with the Rams. First touchdown in, I believe, two years of on-the-field time. Got any studs I might have missed in this one, Ben? No, I, I think you covered them all. Uh, I, I, I watched most of these games fully, especially the Green Bay game. Aaron Rodgers looked really sharp. And, uh, it's kind of nice to see his old gunslinger, some of his old gunslinger moves back. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely agree with you that the, the guy that saved the day for Gator Tech was definitely Miles Gaskin. And I'm really jealous because he was one of my keepers this year, and I ended up dropping him. Glad he's doing something for somebody. So, as much as Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> scored a touchdown, he was hurt most of that game. He was able to put something on the board, but I tell you, if anybody watched that LA game, it wasn't pretty. It was um, not. <laughs> something's funny going on in the water, and I, I certainly felt for, bad for you watching that game. But yeah, as much as the, the stat sheet looks good for um, Odell Beckham Jr., I wouldn't bet on seeing that again. Yeah, it, I mean, it was it was a very fortuitous touchdown. I mean, it was just it, it was one of those right place, right time plays. I I wouldn't expect to see that blow up, but you know, he was a beneficiary of single coverage high that time, and there you go, he got his nice big day. Now there were some duds as well, as there always are. I'm calling off a waffles as the owner as a dud because he lost both of his starting running backs this week. Christian McCaffrey went on the injured reserve after a pitiful 35 rushing yard performance. And I heard Christian called Christian McGlassery this week. And Dalvin Cook with that torn labrum <laughs> when he separated his shoulder. I, I didn't see the game, but I saw the replay. It looked like he had a leg injury going down, but it was his shoulder uh, separating and tearing a labrum. He's going to be out for a few weeks. And then on Hater Tech's side, last week, uh, his whole wide receiving core was just not great. Jerry Judy was a flop, two for 25. And last week, uh, we mentioned the Mikes who catch balls. They combined for 7 for 69 for 12.80 points. And 25% of Michael Pittman's points were defensive plays, where he turned into a a defensive back and had to make tackles. Uh, Any more duds to throw into this mix, Ben? No more duds, but plenty of poopers on both sides here. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll see it. Oh, yes. They'll come up, I'm sure. (laughs) Our matchup MVP for this one is the My Toe is Immunized Aaron Rodgers. You have the gift of euphemisms tonight. That's uh, analogies, metaphors. Well, that one I credit <laughs> to the announcers. <laughs> I credit that one to the announcers of that game because they they talked about his toe being immunized. <laughs> oh, you're right. That was that was Joe Buck who made that comment. I was yes. laughing. Like, I thought it was kind of. I mean, Joe Buck is kind of behind the scenes. For those of you who don't know, is it's kind of actually known to be a big prick. Oh, yes. Um, and he kind of <laughs> let that slip a little bit out there. Um, anyway, sorry. Let me interrupt. Oh, no problem. Uh, yeah, Buck's not – I'm not normally a fan of Buck, but I, I laughed when I heard that one. Uh, our next game was a projected toilet bowl game of the week. Where the Diamond Dogs took on E-Town Asian, and I had E-Town winning this one. I was 
Not disappointed, but it was close. 169.42 to 176.32. Six point nine point margin of victory for E Town. But uh, Ben, you uh, had the distinction of rostering and starting. Uh, you were the only one in the league to roster and start a top five defensive lineman this week. So, congratulations on that. How many times that has that happened this year? Uh, that may be the first where it's actually started. I remember one okay. point, there was one week where someone had one rostered, but they didn't start. I'd have to go back through all the stats, and I didn't have time to do that this afternoon. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's look at some studs for this one. Carson Wentz uh, had a, a, a very nice day. Three passing touchdowns, 300 yards plus. Good 33-point day after a couple of down weeks. And Jalen Waddle went ham. He went crazy. Oh, yes. Nine for 137 and a score. He was the number one wide receiver on the week. Appears that the rookie is the real deal. So good job, E-Town, for having him on your roster. Uh, any other studs to talk about? I think both our offices, off, uh, defenses, sorry, um, were just pretty comfortable. It was kind of fun for me to watch both our defensive units go at each other. I thought that was actually the real show of the game. And, but it, it, it was fun to see Wentz have a as decent a day as you can say about a quarterback in the NFL these days uh, and get the points. And just overall, so disappointing for me. I think this was the fifth game, my fifth loss, where I had the points to win on the bench. And, you know, just so frustrating to have Eli Mitchell blow up. You know, and I looked, I, I, man, I analyzed, read reports, I poured over it, and just didn't like the matchup, and he goes off. And, and mostly that's because of my skepticism for, you know, how they're doing injury reports. So it would have been nice to have him included in the studs this week, but I didn't, and I would have won the game, even if I had Eli Mitchell in the game. I just made that one move. I feel for you there. I've, I've been there, done that. Yeah, but outside Jalen Waddle, you know, really, it was all defense. It was. E-Town. E-Town had the number one defense this week with 93 total points. So E-Town's, I mean, no one beat E-Town's defense. You had the number three with 74.80. So, I mean, it, defense really was the difference because you guys were only separated by about 11 points on offense as well. So. Uh, no, I, I really do want to give a shout-out to, you know, Josh. I You know, I see what he's doing. Um uh, He's really just plugged away. He's been kind of just hanging on and just every week just kind of making a little, pushing that ball down the field and for him to see him at 7-5, um, you know, one went away from kind of making the playoffs and might not even need it depending on how the rest of the league does. <laughs> um, so just the challenges that he's had to face as a manager. I will say one thing. I was debating to wait until the next segment, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Josh, I'd really like you to come on and talk with Dr. Headley about your bench. I don't get it. I don't know what you're doing, man. I don't know if you just have really great friendships with all these players on your bench, but you got to put out some of them out to pasture. You can't take all of them in next year. But uh, <laughs> love to hear your thoughts on what you're doing with all those IR tags sitting on your bench, man. <laughs> What do you think about that, Dr. Headley? Uh, I would love to hear some of the reasoning behind that. Yeah, because, uh, 
I don't know if he's holding on to him for trade capital for next year or what. Uh, in my position, if I if I were looking at, you know, if I, I were expecting to not make the playoffs, I might stockpile some IR guys as potential trade capital. But yeah, it's the only reason I can think of potentially. Yeah, I played that 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 uh, scenario out in my head too. And you say, okay, if I'm wanting to trade with them, is there any of these guys I would be wanting to trade for? in a draft pick scenario. Sorry, Josh, I'm not there with you yet, but maybe someone else. Well, let's talk about a couple duds. Uh, I'm going to take two duds that are both on the same team. Cam Newton, apparently bad cam showed up this week. Five for 92 with two picks. Uh, Did have a rushing touchdown. And Robbie Anderson uh, benefited, suffered. Uh, hurt by Cam, one for 15 on four targets. Uh, yeah. Any any other duds you might want to point out? No, did you watch any of the Carolina game? I wasn't able to see any of it. I, I've seen the stat lines come in, but I really didn't, wasn't able to get a sense. Obviously, Miami fought, um, but I, I just didn't see any of the game. I saw a couple of highlights on halftime shows, but that's about it. Yeah. Obviously, our matchup MVP for this one's going to be Jalen Waddle. And we'll move on to Night Shift taking on Flutie Flakes. I picked myself and was wrong. 178.54 to 186.96. This one came down to the wire on Monday night, and I lost by eight, just under eight and a half points. Studs. Darius Leonard had a monster day as a linebacker. He was the number two linebacker on the week, had 25 points going up against Tampa Bay. And uh, Matthew Stafford finally had a good day despite his turnovers. And uh, he's playing through some injuries. He's got uh, that dislocated finger from earlier in the season. He's got, you know, he's got some back injuries that he always plays through. And good enough for number five quarterback on the week. Any other studs from this matchup you want to share? No, I will say, I mean, look at the stat lines for Stafford and Cooper Cup. Like, again, if, if any of you guys watch that full game, I can't believe those are the numbers I'm looking at. Uh, <laughs> they did a lot better than what, I, what the product on the field was. I'm glad they were able to get, get those points for you, even though it was in a, a disappointing loss. You know, same thing with Ezekiel Elliott. You know, if you guys watch that Dallas game, he just didn't look super, super mm-hmm. great. Uh, and he, you know, he just doesn't have that zip he used to. Uh, uh, he's, he's, he's getting up there for a running back. Now for some duds, uh, TJ Watt uh, came out yesterday, Monday, that uh, he tested positive for COVID. So I was wondering, he looked kind of sluggish on Sunday. And I wonder if maybe he was dealing with some early COVID symptoms Definitely contributed to my number 12 defense. Worst uh, finish for defense for me on a weekly basis this season. And that is what did me in this week because I had the number one offense. Or no, I didn't have the number one offense, but I was up there. I think number six. Uh, And Jamar Chase, not a factor at all in that dismantling of the Steelers by Cincinnati. Uh, Any other duds you want to talk about? No, you mentioned the one I, I really wanted to talk about was uh, Jamar Chase. <laughs> it, it's the second game in three weeks, three weeks that they actually played a game at a bye week, week 10. That he's kind of had some low output. Um, I don't know what to attribute that to. I don't know if that's just uh, the natural sine wave of life for, for rookies or just 
you know, getting into a second part of the season or what. But it'll be interesting to see what he does moving forward. They got kind of a tough schedule moving forward in the latter, latter half of the season. So I'm kind of seeing a, a further downturn for Jamar Chase, um, which kind of makes me happy because I got paid really well for him. <laughs> so, Take the money um, and run. <laughs> I t- I'm taking the money and run, and, and I'll talk a little more about that in, uh, yeah, I, I after this one, I wouldn't worry so much just about this singular game. I mean, he caught all three targets, and it was a day where they just rode Joe Mixon. You know, after the Browns game, he was targeted 13 times, and uh, he only had, I think, five, six, six receptions on that one. So, I mean, this one, I this is one of those games you can just throw out. But, you know, he only caught 50% of his targets the week before. He only caught three of nine targets uh, back against the Jets. I mean, yeah, he's, he's starting to trend down. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he could be right there. Matchup MVP for this one, Antonio Gibson pulled, uh, pulled the train for Flutie Flakes on Monday night. And we'll move on to Ninja Panthers taking on Roster Guard 99. I had Ninja Panthers in an upset, and they did. 192.06 to 179.63. That's a 12.43 point margin of victory for Ninja Panthers. And let's talk about Corderell Patterson, the number three <laughs> running back on the week. <laughs> and just about the only weapon that uh, the, <laughs> the Falcons have. <laughs> um 26 and a half points, two rushing touchdowns, 108 rushing yards. That's the first time this season he's he's broken 100 yards uh, and uh, 27 receiving yards. And uh, on the other side of the field, Joe Mixon, number two running back on the week. Uh, I already mentioned that the Bengals rode him to the tune of 165 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, and four receptions. Uh, for negative two yards. <laughs> uh, any other uh, studs we should mention here? Uh, Mark Andrews. Um, if you watch, watch that game, like, he took poop and made it gold. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't know what to say. Like, he, he made some really athletic plays. Um, he was added into the, the blathering and slobbering mix of Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. They weren't talking about Lamar. They, they were talking about uh, – they should have been talking about Marcus. Marcus is just out there just trying to make a freaking play with terrible opportunities, and he, and he did it. And uh, in, in some ways, it was kind of fun to watch. But, you know, kudos to you. I, I'm assuming he was the number one tight end for the week. Uh, yes, he was by three points. So, hey, in, in the land of the wasteland that is tight end, <laughs> get a, no matter how ugly it is – or lucky or whatever voodoo they had on their side. They, I'll take a twenty. Tight end and defensive line. Oof. In the words of Kevin McAllister, woof. Duds. George Little. George Kittle. Only two targets all day long. And uh, yeah, just finally succumbed to that San Francisco run first mentality. My other dud is John. Started a, def- a defensive lineman on a bye. Not the first time he started players on a bye again. Has Harrison Smith with 21 points on the bench and J.C. Jackson with 13 points on a bench with 
an active defensive lineman on the field. So he could have swapped either one of those guys in with one for one of the three just f- plain defense spots. So really no excuse other than didn't check your lineup. So, John, you're the second dud. Any other duds for this week we should mention? No, I, I think you covered it well. And Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, it, it's not the first time we've seen Ross Guard have lineup checking issues, but, you know, also I'm going to do something rare Thanksgiving week. We saw some teams last week kind of struggle with lineups. You know, people get distracted. But, yeah, John, come on, down the stretch, give us two more strong weeks. It was your best effort. That's right, John. Two more. Our matchup MVP, of course, will be Corderell Patterson. Outscored both quarterbacks that played this game. Our penultimate matchup from Week 11 was the other projected Toilet Bowl game of the week. And that was Gridiron Mafia taking on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. I had projected... Jim Kelly hates cancer to win and was proven right. 166.32 to 175.56, just over nine point margin of victory for Jim Kelly hates cancer. Couple of studs. Adam Thielen had a pair of touchdowns, good enough for number two wide receiver on the week. And Leonard Fournette, good for his four touchdowns. And obviously making him the number one running back on the week. Any other studs you want to mention in this one? No, I enjoyed watching Leonard Fournette uh, in Tampa Bay on, on Thursday. Although I will say the real joy for me was being able to see Grant back in action. So I was really jealous of Fournette and all the attention he got. But good for them. Good for Tampa to figure out how to give Brady a little breathing room. And, and it was fun to see him put up 40. You know, for me, like, <laughs> Justin Herbert had a decent day, you know, stats-wise. But, again, you wouldn't have known it if you were watching that game against Denver. Drunk NFL. <laughs> that's our that's our rallying cry this year. <sighs> Drunk NFL. Uh, duds. Half of Joe's roster. Five of them scored four points or less. <sighs> a lot of poopers. A lot of poop. Got to wear some hip waders to look at that one. And uh, Nick Chubb. Rough day in Ben's favorite NFL game of all time. Any other uh, duds you might want to point out by name? <laughs> no, sir. I cover well, but yeah. I mean, without Leonard Fournette's um, performance, this, this game would have been a lot sadder. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Leonard really kept great iron in there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, our matchup in this one's going to go to Adam Thielen over on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer just because, uh, you know, just to keep it away from a quarterback. <laughs> and our final uh, matchup is going to be Bear Boonda's Nightmare taking on Lance Manlove. And that is what led to The King is Dead. The King 
is dead. The king is dead. I really, I was really trying to say that with sadness, but it just been <laughs> uh, enthusiasm just pouring out. I just can't. I'm sorry. The king's dead. <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, 203, 63 to 186, 80. 16.83 point margin of victory for Bear Boonda's Nightmare. That is our largest uh, margin of victory of the week. And that earns Bear Boonda's Nightmare the whoop-ass victory of the week. And I can't believe that the losing team scores 186 points and gets the whoop-ass I know. Like, again, it's just... It's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the NFL is wild and wacky this year. Oh, man. Strange, strange again, world. Yes. <laughs> The king is dead, and not only is he dead, he got his ass kicked. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he played the one person this week that, uh, man, well, crap. Ninja Panthers could have beat him this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Flutie Flakes could have beat him, too. Uh, anyway, let's look at a couple studs. Josh Allen rebounding after a sluggish first half on Thanksgiving to put up a massive game, four touchdowns, and number one quarterback on the week. And let's give it up for a kicker. 21 points for Nick Folk, number one kicker on the week. Any uh, studs you want to point out in this ass-kicking of Lance Manlove? It is just delicious to see Stefan Diggs have a great day and then you know uh, Renfro and Jacobs and, and just to, to stare here and look at you know Bear Boone Designer's like roster on the app uh, just some solid production and just a really solid win uh, I'd be very happy if I would right yeah. good stuff and a couple of duds. We've got Austin Hooper goosing in prime time. And uh, Najee Harris, massive difference in usage from the first time Pittsburgh faced Cincinnati. Uh, only 23 rushing yards. He had a tackle, but he also only had three receptions. Uh, whereas the first time they played Cincinnati, he had a boatload. Any duds you want to point out? I'm sorry. Did you mention Metcalf? I did not. Yeah, uh, I didn't actually didn't watch the game last night, uh, so I don't know what that looked like on the field. But yeah, it wasn't pretty. Metcalf having <laughs> yeah that kind of night. Uh, I know that they Seattle's got a lot of issues right now, but uh, that's just the point to see that that guy was such a stuff last year and uh, bad night for him. It was, and he started whining to Russell over on the sidelines because he wasn't getting the targets he wanted, and so Russell started force-feeding him targets, and it was killing their drives, and Russell had other receivers that were open, Tyler Lockett, sometimes wide open, and uh, yeah, DK's diva nature may have cost them the game, so yeah. Um, we're going to give the MVP for this one to Josh Allen, and we'll move on to our Week 12 Hardware.
This week, we're going to start with our Defensive Players of the Week. We're going to talk about Telnet. Shaq Barrett, linebacker for RosterGuard99, 29.40 points, five tackles, three assists, did tackles, two sacks, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. That's a busy day for Shaq. And Sparcy's Defensive Player of the Week, Jordan Brooks, linebacker for Ninja Panthers, 10 tackles, four assists, and 19.20 points. And Offensive Player of the Week's for Sparcy, Leonard Fournette, running back for Gridiron Mafia. Let's hear it again. 100 yards on the ground, three touchdowns, seven receptions for 31 yards through the air, and a tutty in the air for 40.60 points. And Telnet's Offensive Player of the Week. I tried, but I got to give it to a quarterback. Josh Allen for Bear Boonda. 23 for 260 and four touchdowns, 43 rushing yards, did have two picks, but good for 41 points. Those are your MVPs of the week for week 12. And I am still waiting to find out. Last week, Danny uh, told me this week he would wrap the poopers of the week for us. I'm still waiting. I texted him earlier today to find out if he was going to, so I'm not sure if he is. So if he is, I'll drop it in here. But... If he isn't, Ben and I are going to share the poopers of the week with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Ed. I, I wish I could rap for you, but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to sing a country-western ballad? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, um, yeah. Yeah, let's do this. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, well, actually, you go ahead and take the first one because that's, that's, that's an easy one for yeah. you. Yeah, Kyle Pitts in my poop. <laughs> Jonathan... Jonathan Allen wrench. I don't know. Wrench in the works. <laughs> uh, TJ crap. Oh, I would have gone with TJ. What did I eat? Kenny, how much you, you are the creative <laughs> Kenny? How much more is coming? The second <laughs> See, you've got the spirit tonight, man. <laughs> I mean, there's Austin Pooper. I mean, oh, yes. I just, I mean, it's going to go easy one there. Uh, Tommy Gunn, Poop and Brady. Jameson, too much New England chowder, Crowder. Ooh, I like that one. Jesse hates Poop in the third. Oh, gosh. Nick poops big chubs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Cameron, this splash is bigger than the banks of the Jordan. <laughs> Robbie can blame his massive poop on Cam Newton Anderson. Oh, there you go. Ben Poopless Burger. <laughs> there you go. Jake the Turd Elliot. Chris Breaks Wind. Hunter Henry's House of horrifying crap there you go <laughs> baron down jones cam ate too many fig newtons <laughs> uh grab the lamar jackson is that, a, is that a pooping euphemism or something else? well you know you, th those uh those <laughs> those bars beside the the toilet you see in like a hospital that you need to like help uh, yourself uh. up <laughs> It's a long walk for a short joke, but no. Courtney <laughs> uh, Sutton sucks. <laughs> there you go. Simple. Tony Moans Jr. <laughs> we're, on a, we're on a different path now. 
<laughs> well, he's got the explosive diarrhea that won't stop. <laughs> Tyler shits a bunch of Higbees. Hmm. Jerry Pooty. <laughs> yeah, just Pooty. Jamar's chase to the toilet. Mm. Mike. I got nothing for this one. Mike. Blevins. I don't know. <laughs> George dribbles poop kittle. Maximum crapsby. <laughs> and I just like, I'll take the last one. Oh, God. Roster guard 99 starting. Chris Jones won't check his lineup every week. Doesn't give a shit, but shits a lot. John. <laughs> the Brown Note! Yo, McGuire! Not good enough, damn it. Not good enough. Diarrhea. And those are your poopers of the week. So, Danny, if you've got a wrap, I'll plug it in here or there. Yeah, please help us with the wrap, <laughs> Danny. Please. Otherwise, we're moving on to our week 13 pick six. We're going to have two interconference games this week. Just two. But we're going to start with Awful Waffles at four and eight, taking on the Diamond Dogs at five and seven. Now, Awful Waffles leads this series six to four all time. And the super early projected outcome is that Diamond Dogs will take this by about five. And remember, I do some work just to see what the best lineup could potentially be based on benches and COVID and injuries and whatnot. Awful Waffles is losing players left and right. They're not really in the best shape right now. I'm asking who plays running back for them. Right now on their roster, they've got Mark Ingram and Tony Jones Jr. in New Orleans. Chuba Hubbard's on a bye. And the news out of New Orleans is that Kamara may start Thursday night. Who are you watching for Awful Waffles this week, Ben? Uh, I mean, honestly, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think his his play is going to dictate a lot. They're going to have to against Pittsburgh. I really think this could go either way. Lamar can have a great day against Pitt. Or it could be another throw six interceptions and run the ball and still beat Pittsburgh. Or Pittsburgh could pull it together and come to Baltimore's defense. I do see Baltimore taking that game, but to me, the the whole key to this win for for Awful Waffles is Lamar. I, I don't like the matchups across the board. Um, for even with what I'm seeing on his lineup right now, Deontay Smith, Philadelphia, Odell Buckham Jr. Sutton, Ingram, Bolton, I don't like any of them. Actually, the, the matchup I like the most is is Schultz tight end against New Orleans. There's opportunity there and upside. But other than that, it's all Lamar and maybe some some extra help on defense. Now, for your team, uh, you probably only need one win to lock in a playoff spot. But you've been struggling of late, and you're in a four-game losing streak. For you, I'm keeping an eye on Hollywood Brown. He's due for a huge game, and honestly, Pittsburgh's likely to give it up to him. Now, that is dependent upon your first player you're watching, the aforementioned Lamar. Who are you keeping an eye on for your own squad? Yeah, honestly, I typically don't do a lot of work early in the week for my lineup. It's no surprise that I kind of end up tinkering a little bit. 
um, especially on defense. They typically play some matchup games, try and play that. For me, I think the player to watch right now is is Eli Mitchell. He can have another good game against Seattle, um, which I'll lend to your expertise on your analysis on that. Um, and if Murray from um, the, the running back position can give me any help at all, I don't trust my wide receiving core beyond Marquise Brown um, just because I'm playing catch up on that. I, I think it, it, I'm going to get decent help and have a solid victory. It's, it's got to come from Eli. Start Eli. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm actually picking you to come out on top on this one. I think Yahoo, their numbers might be off, but I think they're they're right on projecting their winner. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm I going to go ahead and say that I'm, I'm going to pick myself in this, uh, not because I'm better, just I think Ty's going to have a worse week than me. Um, and you mentioned it. And I'm just going to take the opportunity to kind of address you and Rev's analysis last week go for it of my trades and move i'd like to make an official statement as the, as the uh, diamond dogs general manager it really upset me that you guys didn't claim me the clear winner in all my trades <laughs> um and just to be clear i know you had a little hard time figuring out the three-way trade but from my end the three-way trade with with danny and and connor was DB got Najee Harris, Connor got the rest, and I got one through six picks. Looking back now a little bit, hindsight being 2020, what it is, I definitely allowed DB to pay. I think Connor actually got better in the deal. I, I could have gouged him for more, but really I, that was the package six picks for those outfield players, which I was pretty happy about. If it's not clear to the rest of the league, and I don't think it was clear last week, at this point I'm just having fun trying to cobble together wins. I don't expect to win. I don't. I shouldn't, because I'm playing scrubs. I'm playing everything the wire wire and just picking block and all that. Now, to be fair, I have two weeks of data now to back up my big move, big fire sale, and both weeks I would have lost with all the players that I sold. So I have the exact same record now that I would have had with all those players. Who's the winner? I'll stand by my statement of it's very difficult to rate an in-season trade that is so heavily weighted with future picks. Uh, yeah, I can see where you can you know parse that. I, I think beyond just saying, hey, at this point, Diamond Dogs will be complete with his draft by round 11. I'm just going to go with that. Personally, I'm just going to go with that. You do have an advantage in next year's draft because we all know that second day draft, well, I mean, we've been drafting first day for two years now. We all know that rounds 13 through 24 are pretty much shots in the dark anyway. So, I mean, you definitely have the advantage there. Now, in season this year, I, I would say that eh, it's it's up in the air because, I mean, your record's the same now as it would have been before you traded them. Your advantage would be coming next year. Now, hey, if all these players get hot and I do the math and then, you know, maybe I would have had this beautiful come from behind victory uh, against Jason in the championship game on the back of Najee Harris and Jamar Chase, then, you know, you guys can throw a pie in my face. Yeah. Now, if Jamar Chase does get hot, 
in the next three weeks, yeah. If he's uh, if he's hot in the playoffs, yeah. We, I, I can definitely stand behind my assessment. But hey, I'm I'm not per, I'm not paid to do this. I'm I, I am an amateur. <laughs> well, I believe you should get paid for this. In fact, I I just see this podcast as practice for your real job. I mean, isn't this what you do? Tell stories. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. The masses. Oh yes, it is. I, I just just wrote an article <laughs> for my day job today. So, <laughs> well, there you have it. There's there's your your soapbox and. Yeah, thank you for letting me do that. You're very welcome. Glad to glad to share the opportunity. Uh, well, let's let's uh, move on to Gridiron Mafia at five and seven, taking on Lance Manlove at uh, nine and three. Super early projected outlaw. Outcome: The King gets back to his winning ways by 20. Gridiron Mafia leads the series 7-6 to all-time. Storyline is that Gridiron Mafia has the number 11 offense to Lance Manlove's number 2 offense. And we all know Gridiron Mafia is in the mix for that Pierce this year. He, he doesn't have the best odds for taking the Pierce, but he's in there. They're up and down right now. Not a strong team. They're scrappy, but they're not strong. The player to watch for me is a combination of Fournette and Brady. Atlanta is soft against the running backs, or soft against pretty much anyone, but especially against running backs. Brady had a rough outing last week, and I'm really wondering who gets the work here between these two. The last time this season Brady had a rough outing, the following week he produced a 50-burger. So I'm really curious which one of those two is getting all the work. Uh, Who are you watching for Gridiron Mafia? Yeah, I I agree exactly. I think the... The key to this matchup, I think, even if Brady and Fournette have really good days, I think if they have mediocre, subpar days to their projections, like this is the easy pass. Jason's going to take revenge and just cream all over Joe on this one. <laughs> I, there's nothing to get excited about on Joe's roster. It's just not, mm-hmm. um, other than the the Tampa combination yeah I, I would agree yeah there's really not much there now to be fair uh javante williams could be a dark horse to be excited about with melvin gordon injured for a little bit last week i haven't really checked on that but i think that's just your fatherhood coming out where you just have this you know, you <laughs> gotta find something about you. <laughs> yeah, your optimism and and just kind of that humbleness and like patience. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what you're seeing there, but I I appreciate the gesture. Uh, for Lance Manlove, yes, they stumbled last week. A win this week will, I, I believe, this will lock up the Sparsy Conference for them and and give them that uh, at least number two seed. Uh, potentially number one seed player to watch for them. For me, I'm going to keep my eye on Elijah Moore. Uh, he's been chugging along pretty much uh, just about the only consistent jet to really bother crowing about. Didn't do much last week because the jets didn't need him against the, uh, the Texans this week. He gets the Eagles. They might need him to do a little bit more. So I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on him. Who are you watching for Lance this week? I think a real juicy matchup for Lance is uh, Jefferson Jr. play against Jacksonville uh, Jaguars. I think Jefferson he had a really decent day in, in a tough game against Green Bay. I think he's going to pull up. I think he's going to put up some big 
Yeah, especially if that back injury for Odell uh, is nagging this week. Yeah, um, I think I think it's going to be a good revenge game, back game for LA. The other player to watch for me is Connor. Uh, Arizona coming out of a bye. Kyler Murray, hopefully healthy. You know, see if he can start putting up the numbers. I mean, let's face it, we both know that Jason's written to this amazing record uh, off the back of Taylor Connor. You know. So it'll be interesting to watch him. Um, unfortunately, I don't see Gridiron Mafia putting up enough of a fight, and I am projecting Lance Manlove to win and seal up the conference. Moving on, roster guard ninety nine at five and seven, taking on E Town Asian at seven and five. Oh, nice little uh, mirror there. Super early projected outcome: if Kyler Murray does indeed start, which he probably will. E-Town takes it by about five, pending roster guard, picking up a kicker for his kicker on a bye. Uh, what are the odds on that? Roster guard leads the series all time, one to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> roster guard right now is on track for a seat on the couch watching the playoffs from home, possibly with the Pearson hand. Um, for them, I'm going to watch Mike Williams. He had this nice, strong start to the season. And he's fallen off. Now, since he is tough against the wide receiver, but based on how the Chargers defense has been lately, they very well may need all hands on deck in the passing game. So he should have pretty decent opportunity. Who are you watching for uh, roster guard? I don't know. Um, I'm looking at his roster right now, and I kind of see all these games, you know, like the the, – Kenny Dalladay, Hines, Mixon, Sanders. I think Williams will have a good day. I'm going to go ahead and – sorry, I'm thinking through this. I'm going to go ahead and look at, at, at Williams and see. I think he'll be the guy that will give that wide receiver a lift. Uh, I think it will be a close game, uh, Chargers and Cincy. But Herbert looks good in tough situations. So I'm going to be – I'm just going to pick Williams to be the guy to watch. Uh, I, I actually just – I believe that roster, my gut tells me that roster guard is just going to have a good day. If for no other reason, then he's going to just take advantage of the drunkenness of the NFL. To me, roster guard 99 is just the Denver Broncos right now. <laughs> One week they look great, and the next week they, you know. Uh, for E-Town, win and you're in. One win gives uh, win this week gives you eight, and I do not see you missing the playoffs with eight wins. Player to watch, Jalen Waddle. Proved you're the real deal last week. Giants like to give away points to the wide receiver. So how many does Jalen pick up this week? And do we get to sing his praises next week as the number one wide receiver? Who are you watching for E-Town? For me, it's Kyler Murray uh, and uh, Coleman. Uh, Kyler Murray with that injury, like they've Arizona's played that situation so tight. And, you know, it's just been almost a month now since we've kind of seen our Kyler Murray really go off for big points. If he has a great day, you know, E-Town Asian will have a good shot at, at taking this victory. But his running backs, if I'm him, ah, again, I'm not, I, I haven't looked at the waiver wire this week or who else he could start. But I don't like Coleman. Uh, I think that could really hurt him. Robinson, uh, we'll see. Uh, but get somebody else in there, I am picking E-Town to lock in their spot for the playoffs. I'm going to go ahead and uh, 
and pick roster guard in the upset. Yeah, so you're upset this week. All right. I need an upset sound effect. Yeah. I'll have to get one before next week. Our uh, projected toilet bowl game of the week is next. And that's going to be Night Shift at 8 and 4. Taking on Hater Tech at 4 and 8. And super early projected outcome is Night Shift by a buttload. Night Shift on the season has the number one offense and the number six defense. Hater Tech on the season, even with their hot run, number 12 offense, number 12 defense. Series is tied at three and three all the time, all time, and these two teams have never met in the playoffs. So if uh, Hater Tech manages to run the table and make the playoffs, there's a very there's a possibility these two teams could meet for the first time in the postseason this year. For Night Shift, uh, they're playing for seeding and conference leadership at this point. If Lance Manloves manages to drop their game this week, uh, next week the Night Shift would be playing for conference uh, leadership. If Lance Manlove wins this week, Night Shift is basically just playing for potential third seed for myself i'm watching anthony madison gets the start for minnesota for the next couple weeks uh and detroit is a juicy matchup for him so i'm really interested to see how he how he performs who are you watching for me ben i am interested to see what uh, darnell Mooney does for you you know the arizona has shown some life on defense this year um, to a certain degree, it's compared into years prior, Darnell Mooney's seen some. We've seen some flashes from him, brilliance. I, I think that if he has a great day against Arizona, it's just going to make this one a lot more juicy for you. Yeah, he had 16 targets against Baltimore. A lot. That is. A lot for any wide <laughs> That is. For uh, Hater Tech, uh, he murdered awful waffles running back core last week <laughs> neither one survived that game i mentioned they're on a hot streak uh i'm watching russell wilson yep. the san francisco defense is middle of the pack against the quarterback but russ has not looked like himself these last three weeks he's played since coming back from his injury and honestly it's looking like he came back too early he's very clearly not on target with his throws so there's there's something still off about his hand. That finger's not healed fully. Who are you watching for Hater Tech? For me, I think that Hater Tech, it, it's not a specific player for me. I think they just need to go reach out their defense. Uh, I think they need to go on the waiver wire. And, uh, you know, he's got uh, Hayward starting one of his flex defensive positions. Uh, maybe he'll change that. Maybe that was just a management decision last week. I know that the positions empty right now. But go retool. I, I think he can make this game a little nerve-wracking for you. I tell you what, if you didn't have the offensive power you did and the matchups you did this week, I would say I would actually give a little more credit to Hater Tech. I think the best he can hope for, even if he does go retool a little bit on defense, it's just uh, maybe late Sunday afternoon give you a little cause to worry, but the best he can do is just make this closer than the fucking 40-point blowout Yahoo is projecting right now. I think you should just sit back, have a beer, and enjoy your win, and just watch Jason lose and 
hope to get you that uh, number one conference seat. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I am picking myself to win. I, I do think it'll be probably closer than Yahoo says it'll be. Let's move on to Ninja Panthers at three and nine, taking on Bear Bunda's Nightmare at six and six. Super early projected outcome is that Bear Bunda's Nightmare wins us by over 30. Bear Bunda leads the series at three and one all time. Now, last week, Ninja Panthers broke a long losing streak. I believe it was seven games straight with the help of Corderell Patterson, who they got from Bear Bunda. Now this week, he faces that former team, and will it be enough? But this week, I'm looking at George Schittle. Seattle likes to give it up to the running back, but San Francisco's running out of them. And even Debo, who filled in last week at running back for a lot of the game, is nursing a groin strain and was announced this afternoon will be out for one to two weeks. So they've pretty much got Elijah Moore and uh, yeah, I mean, they've got Jeff Wilson, but he doesn't do a whole lot this year. And Kyle Juszczyk can fill in, but he's not been utilized a whole lot. So they may actually be passing. Who are you watching this week? For Ninja Panthers, you know, I'm watching Christian Kirk, uh, the Arizona game, and I'm going to watch Deshaun Jackson in Las Vegas, too, uh, against Washington. I think it's kind of a juicy matchup uh, there a little bit, and I think that all the voodoo that's happened in Vegas and just the darkness of the NFL, I, I see Ninja Panthers putting up a real fight. Um, Kirk Cousins can have a monster day against Detroit and just continue to take advantage of that demoralized team there not too far from you i know that he still hasn't fixed his defense yet for the week i think he can retool a little bit uh, but i think he can give bear boonda a real shot like i think he can really make db nervous because personally i don't like the matchups yeah for bear boonda he's not a full lock for the playoffs yet uh win this week really helps solidify that but there is a real possibility that if he loses out he doesn't make it i'm watching josh allen because like you said i don't like these matchups for a lot of his players yeah. i don't like josh allen's matchup dk metcalf clearly is not on the same page with russell wilson and josh allen's not great stefan diggs is uh, going to be a byproduct of that whether josh allen has a great game or not Najee's been a disappointment because of the offensive line and ben uh, hunter renfro and josh jacobs are not gonna you know, their matchup is not great either. So, I mean, a lot of his offense is going to be questionable for me. So I'm watching Josh Allen because so much of his, of his offensive production is going to be tied to him. Um, it's a Monday night game. They've got New England at home. So we've got a divisional matchup, but it's a good chance of, of precipitation with a low of 31. So we could be looking at snow and at least rain for part of the game. So we're looking at a weather game against Bill Belichick against a very hot New England defense right now. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. Um, it's going to come down to Monday night, probably. Uh, so who are you watching? I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's exactly what I'm, I'm staring at his roster right now. And that New England defense is monstrous right now. They're just doing a great job. 
I don't know if it's one of the better defenses that Bill Belichick's had, but certainly in over two decades. But it's the best one they've had in a long time, and I think they're going to give Buffalo a real lot of money. I haven't done my my work pick in the league this week, but if I had to do it right now, I'd, I'd probably pick New England. And I think that's just going to shape this game. So, again, I can't say enough, Jeremy. Get on the waiver wire, retool your 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 defense just a little bit, and I think you've got a real shot at taking DP out. I'm just going to go ahead and pick it right now. I am picking the Ninja Panthers as my upset in a far closer game than Yahoo expects. And our final game of the week is our game of the week. That's going to be Jim Kelly Hates Cancer at 8-4, taking on Flutie Flakes at 8-4, the top two teams in the Telnet Conference. Super early projected outcome, Flutie Flakes cruises in this one by over 30. Both teams already in the playoffs. This is all for pride and playoff seeding. They're both fighting for number two in the playoffs. Jim Kelly Hates Cancer leads series 14-11 all time. Jim Kelly is hoping to make it a season sweep over uh, Flutie Flakes. They won in week one. So with a win this week, they get bragging rights to say, ha ha, you suck and I own you your ass. Uh, for this week, I'm going to watch Saquon Barkley against Miami's uh, all of a sudden stingy run defense. He's not looked great since coming back from his ankle sprain and I uh, don't really expect him to do much this week. Who are you keeping an eye on? Tony Pollard. He's looked so sharp. Uh, in fact, just being a Dallas fan and looking at him, I, I would actually make Pollard the number one back in Dallas right now. He's just got an extra step uh, to him right now. That's the guy I'm going to keep an eye on. The secondary to that is Herbert. You know, I hope if he has a, 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 a day close to his projection, I think uh, Chip Kelly hates the answer uh, but yeah, I think it'd, it'd be they've got well they've got a Thursday night game so they've got a long week. But I think it'd behoove them uh, to to rest Zeke this week. Let Tony take the the bell cow role at least this week. Let Zeke rest, rest up that knee, and then you know come back in a, in a week and you know uh, see what see what rolls out. I agree, and it sounds like you've got a budding Dallas fan over there. Hey, Zeke's on my team, so I pay attention. <laughs> and yeah, hey. This this week, you, you got no head coach and potentially seven other players or coaches. <laughs> we can only hope, since I, I don't like the play calling from McCarthy. In oh, most weeks. I will my McCarthy around <laughs> this night, but uh, tonight. But yeah, I I was not a fan when they hired him, and I continue not. Now, for Flutie Flakes, uh, they're projected for big points, but they consistently fall short of their projections of late. And actually, year to date, Flutie Flakes are the 9 of 12 in the league for hitting their projections. They actually have fallen 203 points short of their projections on the season. I'm going to keep an eye on CeeDee Lamb against New Orleans. They're eighth worst against the wide receiver. So CD is project should have a, a nice day against the, against the, the saints this Thursday. 
If he does, it could really give them a big spark to start the week. Who are you watching? I mean, for me, it's just Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's interesting that you brought up the, the field production projections for the Blakes. And I, and I have to believe that uh, after they made a deep dive on the quantitative analysis, that that's a huge part of it. It's just that down nature of the Kansas City Chiefs is here and, and um, not being super reliable in that position. You can only imagine what Blue Flakes are going to be is if that combination of Tiger Hill and Patrick Holmes have been healthy all year. So to me, that Kansas City game against Denver and Denver, as previously mentioned in a couple other previews, is just that team that you just – how do you go from beating Dallas like they did to some of the other games they've fought? I just don't – I don't know. I think it helps that they're playing Denver at home, um, but it, it could be uh, – a trap game. Uh, Patrick and Tyreek are definitely two of the biggest uh, offenders for them this year. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and project Jim Kelly hates cancer in another upset, according to Yahoo's projections. I'm going to agree with you. And uh, yeah, so they'll uh, I'm projecting them to move into the number two seed this week. So let's look at uh, Telnet versus Bartsy because there was uh, some shakeup this week. As we looked at, there were six interconference games in week 12. Telnet went big with a five to one trouncing of Sparcy. Yeah, uh, we've been pretty much neck and neck, head to head, and uh, Telnet moved ahead 18 wins to 16 with this big week. Are you telling me that Ninja Panthers was the one team that won for our conference this week? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that hadn't clicked, clicked oh, in my head. Go rap. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, Rev was the only representative from Sparcy that won this week. <laughs> now, in fairness, it was a tight week. Even the king could not win for us this week. <laughs> oh, Jason, you suck. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, update wise, co- um, collective record Telnet now has a 38 and 34 record, where Sparcy has a 34 and 38 record. And Telnet, uh, Sparcy still has more points scored with 13,175.59 to Telnet's 12,987.25 points scored. But yeah, Telnet has moved into a two-game lead head-to-head. Still pretty close. Chuck has promised a little piece on parody that he wants to record and send my way. So we'll see if we can get that in by next week. I want to say that even with, like, the King losing, he still has played the weakest strength of schedule. He's still 12th in points against him <laughs> even having the, one of the highest losing scores of the week yeah uh, yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun I, I, I talk with uh, Scott briefly today about uh, uh, I'm gonna put together a nice statistical look back uh, for the end of the regular season here on the podcast uh, so he's gonna come on and we're gonna look at uh, some stats and strength of schedule is going oh, to be gosh, one of them. I, please hammer that hard. <laughs> I just, I just need Jason to really hear 
how easy this fucking season is set. <laughs> All right. So that was our Talnut versus Sparcy. Closing things out, I am picking this week. Uh, Jim Kelly hates cancer. Bear Boonda's nightmare. Night shift. Eat. Uh, did I say Bear Boonda? No, sorry. Ninja Panthers. Night shift. E-Town Asian. Lance Man Love and Diamond Dogs to win. Uh, do you want to throw your picks out there? Uh, I think the only one we disagreed on was. Uh, I think you're. I think we differed on roster yeah, guard. Detail. I think you were going yes, for roster I'm, guard. I'm the only difference between you and I. Last week, I went three and three on my picks, bringing me to 43 and 29 on the season. Uh, so remember, you can buy NFFL swag on Redbubble at bit.ly slash NellisNFFL. Haven't seen any more art thieves, uh, so you're good. Makes a great Christmas present. Uh, you know, get your wife some nice socks or a hoodie or some leggings. You know, you check her out in those. Or girlfriend, or you know yourself, you know Ben. You can check out your own ass in the mirror and some <laughs> leggings. There you go. Can I buy something for my dog? Can I buy something for my dog? Hmm. They make onesies. There we go. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Buys this week: Carolina, Cleveland, Green Bay, and Tennessee. So get those guys out of your roster. John and Thursday night football this week, Dallas taking on new Orleans in the big easy Ben as always a pleasure having you here on the podcast. Any last words, grinding your gears, anything you want to encourage guys about this week? No, it's as always, uh, Ed, it's been a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for your patience again, guys, uh, get on here and spend some time Ed, and talk to Steve football. It's relaxing. It's fun. And Dr. Headley is gracious. So thanks for your time, Ed. Thanks, guys. Good luck on the gridiron. Set your fucking rosters. We'll talk next week. All right. That's right. I couldn't say it better. Gentlemen, signing off. Do good. Or at least set your rosters. of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story.